Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can listen to me and see me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN and NBA uh, Australia. Joining me as he does every game, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And before we get into this Bucks rare home loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, we'll remind you and thank you guys for listening to us, uh, making us your first listen every single day or first watch every single day. You can do it now on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we uh, we mentioned this a while back, but the off-season, everyone gets a little bit sleepy, Frank, but certainly this month, we know the season's back. We've crossed 100,000 listens for this month uh, earlier today. We've got over 10K views on YouTube as well, so we thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, but as far as today goes, Frank, I, I I don't know where you want to start with this game. The Bucks came out trailing by 20 points early in this game. They lose... But it still felt like a game that they had a million chances to hit a momentum-swinging shot or to get right back into it. They make a rally late. They get back to within two points, but ultimately fall short. Where do you want to start here? Well, if 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 those those of you listening who are um, Wisconsin sports fans will know what I'm talking about. For everyone <laughs> else, I apologize. But the thing that kept coming to mind every time the Bucks, you know, had a chance to really cut in the lead, kind of the lead, they seemed to create a wide open three and either Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen or Chris Middleton would miss a wide open three and it would just be like a momentum killer. Um, and I just couldn't help but think of the 2021 Milwaukee Brewers who just every time they had a runner in scoring position this year in a big, in a big spot, just <laughs> never seemed to be able to come up with big hits. I mean, they still were a very good team, but um, that was their downfall. And tonight, at least that was the downfall, downfall of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I was looking at, I mean, 14 out of 51 three-pointers tonight. Last year, the most threes they shot in a game. You care to guess, Kane? I'll give you one guess. What is the most three-point attempts the Bucks had in a game in the 2021 season? I bet you can guess it. One guess. 51. 51. And can you guess the game in which they shot 51 threes? It was a game in which they should have shot a lot of threes. Can you guess which game they shot 51 threes last year? Well, I just want to make it clear. I'm surprised it was 51. You didn't tell me that. Just to the listeners. I know, but I I mean, I led the witness here. But I'm going to lead you a little bit further. In which game last season do you think the Bucs shot 51 threes? Must have been the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves. No, it was a Miami oh. game where they hit an NBA record. Oh. Twenty nine. Come on, Kane. Well, that, well, actually, that oh. game, that, that game, I didn't. I don't remember them missing any. So you know, yeah, I, I actually thought they were just what it was at twenty nine for twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, arguably, this is one of the worst three point shooting performances <laughs> by this team. I mean, they hit fourteen, so it's kind of like well, they hit fourteen threes, right? It's not like they they uh, they were like five for. 30 or something, which that would have been a very like playoff of 21 bucks playoff type of type of number. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, if you look at last year, their worst three-point shooting performances, um, their fifth worst three-point shooting performance, they also shot 27.5%, but they were 11 out of 40. So in this one, the volume was higher. And again, in, in all of the high-volume games, they shot way better than they did tonight. So this was the, like, you know, if you look back at the last year, this was sort of that, like, worst combination of really high volume and poor three-point percentage. And... Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. I mean, I don't. We don't have the the data yet on, you know, proximity of defender, right? I'm I'm really curious how many of those were wide open threes because it just felt like they got wide open threes all game long, and just couldn't hit them until like George Hill hit that corner three to make it what was yeah. that? A, did he make it a three point game or a six point game? I think it was a three point game at that at that stage. Um, it just felt like oh, Bucks have a chance to cut in the lead with a big three, brick, 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 um, and I was shocked. It, it made sense that Chris Middleton's late corner shot was, was not a three because um, he couldn't hit threes aside from one very early in the game. Chris was, this Chris was bad tonight. And I think, you know, it sort of just underscores when you don't have Drew Holiday in particular, but you don't have Drew Holiday, you don't have Brooke Lopez, your margin of error is just a lot lower offensively. And, you know, even Giannis scoring 40 points efficiently tonight, you, know, you look at the Bucks uh, at the end of the game, 108 offensive rating. That's very bad by their standards. Um, they turned it over. They only had nine turnovers total. So they took care of the ball really well. And as much as it felt like the Timberwolves killed them on the offensive glass, it was basically just Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt had six offensive rebounds. Both teams had identical 25% offensive rebounds rates, which is fine. Um, so, and, and the Bucks also made more free throws, uh, a couple more free throws than the Wolves. So it really just came down to the fact that the Wolves were slightly, slightly more accurate from three. They were 13 out of 45. They missed a ton of shots those last three quarters and they were better inside the arc as well. It's 65%, which feels like a, a very, like, you know, Brooke Lopez is not available type number, um, when they, when they shoot 65% from the field. So. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those games. I think you, you know, it's it's a type of game you see in the NBA where, you know, the kind of underdog team gets out to a big lead, and you know, the quote unquote better team like feels like, oh, we can come back, we can come back, and they come back, and they can't get over the hump, and they spend a bunch of energy, and they can't get over the hump, they can't get over the hump, and you know, kudos to the Bucks for kind of grinding to the very end. I mean, the fact that this went down to the last minute, I was not expecting to be honest <laughs> going into the fourth quarter, the way this team was playing. Um, you know, just just not not a great effort um, from them tonight. But uh, you know, it just goes to show <laughs> when Giannis is doing what he was doing tonight. Uh, you know, you you're gonna have at least a a, a puncher's chance. And um, you know, ultimately, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I without Drew and Brooke, it's kind of like you know, are there like bad losses? You know, we can debate that. But this was a, a dumb loss, I would say, because it just felt like the Bucks had, as you said, they had their chances and they just didn't take them. Three for 17 from three combined from Chris and Pat. You, you spoke about those guys really struggling. Pat was actually uh, two for nine from three. He was 0 for seven from three after I tweeted that he might end up being one of the best stretch fives in the NBA if he keeps shooting this well. Uh, they, they continually, I, I just can't, you know, I, it makes me laugh every time when he gets announced as the starting center. Pat Connaughton, and then uh, obviously knocked down a couple threes early and then struggled after that. It's funny that you say that they only had nine turnovers. If you had have just asked me, I would have guessed that the number is a lot higher because this was the thing. It wasn't just the missed shots as well, just fumbles, really, really fumbly. And 
they yeah, they obviously didn't all contribute and, and count as turnovers, but they were just broken plays. There was a lot of broken offense. Just a really scratchy performance tonight. Giannis wasn't, though. 40 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. I had a tweet during the game uh, from a, a Bucks listener because I, I tweeted out this, this photo here, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. This was the play where Giannis drove into the paint. Four Minnesota Timberwolves defenders jumped off the ground at the same time. It's an absolutely ridiculous photo. And then Giannis sort of twists in midair, lobs the ball off the glass, and then dunks the ball. And he's been doing this a lot lately. And one of the responses I got, and sometimes it's just a miss, and he's just he's just quicker to, to follow up and he'll get the bucket. And, I, and one of the responses that I got was, yeah, but, you know, when he misses those shots, it really hurts his efficiency. And I straight away thought of you. I said, is this like a burner account for Frank Madden right now? Because uh, I, I would imagine that that Frank would want him to just get that first shot, even though he pads the stats with the rebounds. But tonight, three for six from three as well. He was 15 for 23 from the field and seven for nine from the free throw line. So, yeah, of course, as is what feels like it's sometimes the case. The Bucks can't hit a three from anywhere, but Giannis is the one guy that is actually knocking down a couple of threes. He was one for four at one point and then hit a couple uh, late. I'll ask you for your thoughts on Giannis after I talk about rockauto.com. Uh, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, which is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. You can save 30%, 50%, even 100% more uh, f- on the same parts that you would get uh, from a chain store or a car dealership as I'm really struggling. You would, you would have thought I've done enough Rock Auto ad reads. But anyway, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Uh, go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then if you're into sports betting, jump across to betonline.ag, which is your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. The Packers have a game tomorrow or today as you're listening to this, a pretty big game actually. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, Baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's Bet Online where the game starts. So off the top, I thank you guys for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. Uh, after you're done listening to Locked On Bucks, I just mentioned the Packers have a big game today. Check out Peter Bukowski. And the Locked On Packers podcast, uh, he'll have a game there. I believe the Packers are going for seven wins in a row. So check that out. Locked On Packers with uh, Peter there, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So Giannis, what'd you, what'd you take from tonight? It was funny, late in the game, he had those couple of possessions where he didn't. He was just sitting at the scorer's table. He didn't check in. He was very, very clearly exhausted. But it was also, I was laughing on the couch because I'm like, well, the Bucks might actually pinch this game. If it's a playoff game, Giannis is, is in the game. It was it was it was kind of weird. What what did you think of Giannis tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know, forty points on twenty three shots, <laughs> the fifteen rebounds, three blocks. Um, you know, he, he's up to two blocks per game right now. And I, whenever I'm looking at his block numbers lately, I I just think back to media day when he talked about you know the 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 way he was chasing the game in game six of the finals, 
you know, kind of musing about doing more of that and and chasing blocks and, and being more aggressive. I think it's a little different right now because, I mean, he's having to play center, right? And so he has to be more the center of the defense and protecting the paint. Um, and he's not just kind of flying around um, kind of more opportunistically, you know, coming off a guy, his, you know, a stretch four that he's guarding in the, in the corner or something like that. So just, um, you know, I, th- I thought a couple really impressive blocks tonight. I mean, he, he got Anthony Edwards from behind and then Edwards had a really nice drive. I mean, we saw how strong he is on that and one that really clinched it driving on Chris Middleton, who, you know, I love Chris. I, I feel pretty good about Chris about his sort of the way he defends positionally on the perimeter, but then he he's, I feel like he's become much more vulnerable to the drive and Anthony Edwards, who's, you know, Anthony Edwards is, I mean, he's an ox, like he's a really strong player. He's hard to defend, but Edwards just went straight through him to, to clinch the game. Um, but he tried to do the same thing on Giannis and, you know, one of the hardest things to do as a shot blocker, I say this as though I'm a shot blocker, you know, like, well, my, let me, let me tell you what, how what people don't understand about shot people, blocking. What you don't understand about being an NBA caliber shot blocker, but you kind of like, if, I mean, if you watch a lot of basketball, you kind of see it, how really smart players, scorers, um, they know how to use their body to kind of keep a shot blocker off balance. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you generally have to jump off the ground to, to block a shot. And if you can kind of use your body to sort of keep a guy going backwards or not able to really kind of go up vertical and, and challenge the shot, you're gonna have a very good chance to score even against a guy that, you know, physically should, should be able to challenge a shot. And Anthony Edwards has to do a great job putting his shoulder into Giannis and Giannis still is just able to go up and, and send the shot back. And, um, you know, he's not, maybe not a Jordan war level shot blocker. <laughs> level shot blocker. Right, right, right. Um, it's a very inside 21, 22, uh, bucks comment right there. Uh, but you know, he's, he's kind of doing everything he can defensively right now to sort of hold the bucks together. And, uh, you know, you look at the, the kind of, again, single game plus minus can lie, but the fact that the bucks were plus nine and Giannis minutes on the floor, and I guess they would must've been minus 14 in the 13 minutes that he was off the floor. You know, I don't know if it's surprising when you think about the bucks lack of big man depth behind him, but they've obviously been sort of papering over that, uh, for the most part. Um, here in the the early part of the season, so yeah, I mean, just a really imp- impressive performance by him. I it's kind of funny he hit those two threes in the, I think they were both in the fourth quarter. Those the last couple, um, and, he, and he took a couple of jump like he took a jumper when they were down like ten and like a no no pass dribble it up mid range jumper miss which I hated, and then they had that other possession which is probably the most frustrating possession we saw which was. I don't know. I can't recall what exactly happened. The Bucks end up getting a side out with a few seconds left on the shot clock, and Giannis gets the ball at the top of the the, the uh, top of the arc and kind of dribbles into. He's like right around the top of the three point arc, and then clearly like just didn't know what the shot clock situation was, and they got a, a a clock violation, which you know felt like in some ways like the most frustrating offensive possession they had because you know again they were missing left uh, open shots left and right, but at least they were creating good shots, whereas there. Um, you know, they just didn't even get a shot. So again, I think probably Giannis had some frustration tonight because he really was going it alone for the most part. I mean, he was creating great looks for, for guys. I mean, the fact that he had what seven assists, um, in spite of all those misses, you can only imagine if the bucks have a decent shooting night, he's, he's almost certainly in triple double territory, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he was very good and, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. I thought what I, I, you know, we always talk with, with Eric name, we always message with him and, 
know, I think Eric is always very wary of people overstating the, the the importance of the Bucks switching and and people sort of romanticizing how important switching has been to the Bucks. Um, but I thought tonight was actually an example where it actually turned out to be very useful, and I thought it turned out to be pretty key to the Bucks slowing the Wolves down. I thought, you know, the really the only threat that the the Wolves were able to create because you know D'Angelo Russell and even Anthony Edwards, like those are guys that like to settle for jump shots. And so even when they were switching, even if you know if it's with Giannis, whatever, like they were settling for kind of long jump shots, and over the course of the game, they missed a lot of those. Um, but then the the one weapon they had obviously was Carl Anthony Towns, who by the way, his body language sucked all game. Like the Wolves were like winning this game from like literally end to end. He was shooting the ball very well. He didn't wasn't really involved early, but then he started hitting shots. And the whole game, he just like seemed to like not want to be there, which was kind of weird. Um, like when he had that, where he collided with that teammate after he missed a three. <laughs> Slapping the wall. And, <laughs> and instead of like helping his teammate up, he just like got pissed off and walked away. It's just like, all right, dude. Um but I thought the Bucks did a great job when they were switching on Towns pick and rolls. They would end up with the smaller guy on Carl Anthony Towns, and they would double him once he started to kind of back down. And I didn't really feel like the Wolves got much of anything out of those doubles. And Towns is a pretty good passer, so you know I thought the Bucks defense actually hung together pretty well. You know after that really bad first quarter where the Wolves just you know kind of walked into a bunch of jump shots and made a bunch of jump shots. I was like, okay, you know that's that's cool. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the offense just couldn't quite live up to their end of the bargain over, especially when, when it really mattered. So part of the intrigue tonight was the return or the, the season debut of Bobby Portis and Shemi Ojale, who I was actually calling Shemi Onojale every time he went to shoot a shot because he knew it wasn't going in. Tough start for, for Shemi Ojale, but it's good to see those guys back out there. I don't know what you expect on their first appearance there, but Bobby Portis had six points, three rebounds. He was 0 for 3 from 3, and uh, Ojale scoreless, uh, just the one rebound, uh, 0 for 5 from 3. He was really letting a fly out there, and it was such a tough night for two, him. Two free throws, yeah. He was just, it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is why Celtics fans like kind of were like happy to see, <laughs> happy to see him go. I felt bad for him though because it's his first game at Fiserv. He's clearly trying to. He just he just wants to get that first bucket. He wants to get uh, on the board. Once he missed the free throws, it was all going bad. And in many ways, you're like, well, if you're going to be a, a corner three shooter, which you know I think he was around forty percent last year, you got to shoot him. But nothing went his way. I mean, even when he had that really cool save, he actually just smashed his face on the floor. So just just tough, tough times for Shemi Ojale. But good to see them back, Bobby Portis. Um, you know, I mean, you talk about driving to the rack and trying to to uh, have a defensive player on, on the wrong foot or off balance. He drove uh, on Carl Anthony Towns, put the body into him, finished there. Not that Carl Anthony Towns is, uh, is a Frank Madden level NBA shot blocker, but I thought it was uh, still, you know, that's what Bobby Portis did last year. We'll see. Not a good start if you want him to get back to his 47% three-point shooting though. Yeah, I mean, first off, they showed the crowd when he came into the game. Some people got up and, and were giving him a standing ovation. I, I kind of want to, I want a full standing ovation for Bobby Portis coming back. You know, he, he's, he's coming off the bench. So he, when he comes in the game, it can be about him. Five serve. Come on. Get, we'll show a little more energy uh, for Bobby Portis than that. I think it would have um, been better if they weren't down by a million points, but fair. Yeah. 
fair. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I, when he came, first came in, there were a couple of possessions where he was like dropping on pick and roll. It was just like, uh, do we have to do this again? Where we watch Bobby Portis like show that he can't play like zone drop and pick and roll because he can't protect the rim and just f it, man, just switch him. Like it's fine. Um, but yeah, the you know it would have been nice to see him knock down one of those threes again. He was among the everybody not named Giannis uh, that couldn't hit threes tonight. Uh, so, but you know, good to have him back. Um, obviously, uh, that we we heard the news. I think I think it was yesterday that you reported it in your solo pod that um, you know Sandro got got uh, shipped back to the herd. But obviously, he was local. I don't know if he was in. Did you see him on the bench? I don't know if he was in the building tonight or not. But obviously, with Ojale and uh, Bobby back, you know, there's not really a, an urgent need night tonight now to to get him back in the lineup. But now I can focus my full uh, my full wrath on Justin Roberts, <laughs> <laughs> who tonight was a minus nine with zero points in eleven minutes. Um, uh... Just yeah, just sorry, man. Just not an NBA player, like. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I, I just like I, I I get it, and I'm not saying you're wrong. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you didn't have to say it, Stephen A. Smith style. Um, I was just measuring whether I wanted to even launch try try and launch into a Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. Um, I'm sorry, he's not an NBA player whatsoever. You know. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's kind of like these two-way signings where you're, you're kind of like, okay, they they needed to get a dude who could, you know, start every night for the G League team. And that was sort of what I thought when they signed Justin Robbins. I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, they, they needed somebody that can just be a good steady piece for the herd. And he's been a good G League player in the past. Um, but instead, you know, he's been thrown into this fire of having to play, um, you know, every night of, of the season so far. And yeah, it's... It, I, I will be honest. I mean, even with Dante out, I did not expect that we would be a Drew Holiday injury away from Justin Robinson playing 10 plus minutes every night of the season. Um, I've, and I think that's mainly because last year when uh, Drew was out, they basically, you know, they essentially just started uh, Dante mostly at point guard. And then I think DJ eventually came in because they were struggling. But, you know, we've seen that a lot, right, with Dante. And, and, you know, he can handle the ball well enough that you can sort of put him out there, especially if Giannis and or Chris are on the floor and, and you kind of don't need a, a, you know, a nominal point guard out there. Um, so it's been interesting here because obviously without Dante and Drew, um, Bud just feels like he can't, he can't quite get away with playing, you know, just kind of Grayson Allen as like that fake point guard um, in, uh, in the same way they did Dante last year. So, uh so yeah, we'll see. I mean, Drew, it's just been stop start. Obviously, has the great start against the Nets. Then heel contusion, misses the rest of that game. Misses, I guess, what a couple games, and then comes back, looks really good in the San Antonio game. And I, it's kind of funny. Like I, I never even have noticed when he's gotten hurt with these two injuries. Like I didn't notice the heel injury against the Nets. Like it's just like, oh, he's gone, he's out for the game with the heel contusion. What? When did this you, happen? You must, you must look away at the wrong time. It's been very obvious. <laughs> Has it? I, yeah. I didn't even, when, when did he turn his, I did, when did he turn his ankle against the Spurs? Was that in like the third, did, did well, that happen he, during well, the he, game? Yeah. Yeah. It happened during the game, but then he just keeps but he's playing. finished, so, right? Yeah. He just okay, keeps playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm not as observant as you can. Well, you're too um, busy, to, too busy taking the advanced stats on Giannis or, or trying to, to look out guys aren't defending the rim. I mean, you've got other things to watch. Well, 
it see i don't i really don't have that excuse because of all the people that watch games i i am probably the well i shouldn't say i'm the least distracted because i had a, a three and a half year old who was i was trying to get her to eat dinner while i was watching the game but um but i usually don't really tweet during the i think i tw- like yeah. tweeted one thing during the game i usually don't really look at twitter during games um i usually just try to watch watch the games um but uh but anyway um i don't know Rodney Hood. It looked like Rodney Hood might have hurt his foot when he when he kind of he got fouled at, at that one point and looked like he may have kind of tweaked something. Um, but I, I think he stayed in. I mean, he had seven points in thirteen minutes. I, I don't know. He he doesn't look injured. He had another three tonight. Um, I, I am curious. Um, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. I really want to see like, hey, can we use Rodney Hood small forward minutes to push Grayson Allen to point guard minutes to get Justin Robinson out of these games. But then you look at the minute distribution. It's like, well, Pat and Grayson Allen and George Hill all played exactly 30 minutes. So it's not like you're leaving a whole lot on the table with those guys. Vora played 21 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the Bucks are, th- it's kind of weird. Everybody's talking about the Bucks needing another big man. And I'm, I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here wondering, do the Bucks need another point guard? So um, I don't know. What's Jeff Teague doing? What's Jeff Teague doing for these guys? Uh, he, yeah, he he would probably take a role, I would imagine. <laughs> but you mentioned Rodney Hood. I am I am curious about Rodney Hood. It's his first real. It felt like his first real meaningful minutes. Obviously, played a little bit um, the other night, but but playing those minutes tonight, even though it was only thirteen, I would have to assume that he'd be pretty hungry after this game. And then, uh, if you are hungry, the best uh, way that you can deal with that after you've just played an NBA game is just to to get on Postmates. You can download the Postmates app, uh, and they will help you out with Postmates. You can get all your favorite foods from local restaurants in your neighborhood delivered. Uh, no leaving the house, and even better, no getting in the car or finding a damn parking spot, which is just impossible, particularly in Milwaukee, honestly. Finding a parking spot is just it's impossible. So Postmates isn't uh, just all about burritos and sushi, though. You can order things like toothpaste and phone chargers on demand, too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a little something. New customers will get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use the code locked on NBA. That's code locked on NBA to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees that apply for 30 days. Order your food in with Postmates. It does say anyone. You go out to get the food, but you'll still be sweating while you're eating. You'll still be sweating while doing other activities around the house. Flip block wipes come in uh, for a few weeks. Now we've been talking about sweat block. Uh, these wipes for seven days. These wipes, and it seems people have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who've tried sock and they love it. How about this story about the high school teacher? When he, how about it? He'd pin out by fourth period. He'd hear the snickers and whispers. He'd hear the snickers and whispers. From his students because they know he, he stunk and he was to change into between classes. The root really showed exactly what's going on. About sweat block, and now he tried it and he's no more sneaker, no more second shirt required, which is uh, which is very good. So that, that guy, if you or someone you carry dealing with excessive sweat, sweat block, get it today 50% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon.
I, I obviously spoke about sweat blocks, spoke about Postmates, but I've got to shout out a listener. Brother Joshua sent me a DM on Twitter and said that he just got his mix box of Built Bars delivered. Shout out to him. I'm sure he's very happy and very satisfied, uh, you know, listening to this podcast right now. But anyway, Rodney Hood. So, look, I'm not slandering Justin Robertson like you are. And that's fine. Tonight where he was sort of, I wouldn't say he was running the offense, but they were through him a little bit. And and it's like Dante Vincenzo isn't a backup point guard. I've had that conversation plenty of times before. But can he be in a lineup with Chris Milton and another guy where the three of them share the responsibility, Grayson Allen, as you pointed to? Maybe. He is going to be a guy this year where every time he falls over, though, I'm going to think, oh, my God, this guy's just had a serious injury. There was that one that you pointed to where he sort of stood on the guy's foot, and I was like, I don't think he's getting up. And, he, of course, he did, and he was fine. We'll see. I'm still I'm still intrigued. I know you're not as intrigued as me. I'm intrigued by Rodney Hood. Let's see what he's got. Let's see if he's got some juice. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's hit a couple th- – I mean, he's barely barely played so far, but, you know, he hasn't looked like, you know, Shemi Ojale shooting the ball. So <laughs> – you know, have you got have you got Chemi Ojale in your sights? By the way, is he like one poor game away from? He's he's on probation right now. I mean, over <laughs> five, over two from the line. You know, uh, just just yeah. Come on, man. Um, I thought he, I thought he looked. I mean, I think he looked fine defensively. I wasn't really paying that close attention. I thought in general, like defensively, the Bucks didn't. I mean, aside from the fact that like they got out hustled by Jared Vanderbilt six times for offensive rebounds. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like. I wasn't that. To be honest, I wasn't really that bothered by the Bucks' defensive kind of what, what the Bucks did defensively, given the personnel they had. You know, I mean, obviously they're just not going to be great defensively um, without without Drew and Brooke. It's just you know your your margin of error is just way lower. Um, so you know whatever. But I mean, again, in the first quarter, it was just all right. D'Angelo Russell hit a bunch of like you know step back mid-range jumpers and contested threes and you know i mean it's fine whatever i mean is this, the, is this the like the, the championship mentality but because i'm yeah, kind of the same extent I, I would be i would be a lot more annoyed with with a loss at home to the wolves you know last year um but yeah i mean honestly part of it is just like i don't know i mean it's just it's kind of funny i mean the, the, the way the fact that the first game the first game that the Bucks played with with Brooke and Drew on the sidelines, they got just completely embarrassed, you know, and like literally the worst game of like the butt, the butt arrow in Miami. So I've ever since that game, it's just like any game they win with the, without those guys, I'm just like, wow, gravy, sweet, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the fact that they scratched out two wins, which you know, not surprisingly, Chris was very good in those two games. Giannis was, you know, solid in in the San Antonio game by his standards and very good in the. Indiana game and then tonight you know Chris was just not not where he needed to be um and you know again just and then people do just miss a bunch of shots right so I don't know I mean it's early in the season I think you know it's like the preseason we were just talking about like we'll just stick get through it don't you know keep guys healthy get through it we kind of thought we got through it especially with the main guys and then immediately Drew and Brooke get hurt and obviously Bobby and Shemi had been out as well so I mean part of me just is like you know, can you win a decent at a decent clip? Can Giannis and Chris look like they're doing what they're doing? And then can you just sort of survive until you get, you know, the rest of your, your starting five back? That's that's kind of my mentality right now. And I, I would say 100%, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, eh, championship, you know. <laughs> it's like game five of the season. You know, what are you going to do? And um, 
at a minimum, obviously, as you know, with me, um, Giannis scoring 40 and being just kind of unstoppable um, can wipe away uh, a fair bit of frustration. So pretty good fantasy line for Giannis tonight. But if you want to hear about what everyone else is doing around the league with their fantasy basketball, check out Josh Lloyd and the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Yeah, it's look, it's a bit like that. It's it's hard for me. Again, I mean, like you pointed to, I think they were okay defensively tonight, you know, for the most part. But again, it's when you're missing arguably the two most important players defensively for for the way you're trying to structure up. Yes, the Giannis may be the most destructive defensive player, but your your lead guard and obviously your big man, it's gonna be really tough. Next game, San Antonio Spurs. It's always weird when you wrap up the season series. I'm not anticipating that it's going to be a Bucks spurs final, so this will be the last time we see the San Antonio Spurs uh, for a long time. They come into FISA Forum. Uh, the Bucks obviously beat them a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, and I, I would just say the... Um, I know, Frank. I, it, it used to be... I. I was it used to be always enjoying of games when they would like we'd have like even back to back. So it was like, oh, especially if you lose, just let's just get another game, play another game. And now it's just like, ugh, just give us as many days off as possible so we can get more of these dudes back healthy. So the fact that they get Thursday, Friday off um before a Saturday game against the Spurs, I'm just like, just let's make it a Sunday game for all I care. Like let's just give these guys some chance to rest up. I I I'm really done with watching the Bucks without both Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. Just give me one of those guys at least. Well, it is a Sunday game for me, so I'll look forward to that. But we'll wrap it up there. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. For Frank and myself, we'll catch you guys then.